Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Monday, special session. Also, Mo Brooks wants to rehash Roy Moore's Senate laws. And my pillow guy says votes flipped in Alabama's presidential election. What sick human being came up with something like this? You're crazy. So he's crazy. Are you insane? Are you crazy? What are you crazy? Yes, people. Is that crazy? All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hey, guys. I, you know, in the world of politics where things always get weirder, they just never get calm. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, came to Alabama last week, bought our voter registration list, paid 30 grand for it, met with John Merrill, Secretary of State, and then came back, Susan, and said that by his research, Alabama votes, 100,000 Alabama votes have been switched for Donald, from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. I, I don't even think that's believable. It's not believable. There's no way they could have been switched. The, in, the, the machines are individual machines. They don't have modems. They don't have Bluetooth. There is absolutely no way that happened. Josh, uh, why, why in the world would someone come to Red Alabama to try to convince us that 100,000 votes were switched, flipped, he said, uh, well, for, against Donald Trump? Well, I, I don't know that, that that was the goal when he came here, but I think what the goal was when he came here it was to get into any Secretary of State's office. And it just so happens that we entertain crazy, uh, and that's what Mike Lindell is. Mike Lindell's a crazy person um, with a lot of money. And so he came down here, and he met with, for whatever reason, well, the, you know, the better question is, why in the hell is our Secretary of State meeting with this guy? You know, why? It's not, and you saw the photos. It's not just, John Merrill didn't just invite him in. He had the whole staff there serving him Chick-fil-A and stuff. Uh, and so it just, you know, what, what, what are we doing? Uh, you know, really, what are we doing here? It's just, uh, of course, that's what he said. That's what he does. That's what he's been going around telling everybody for years. Now, for you know, for the better part of a year now. I mean, this is what he does. This is his gig. Well, it, he obviously has sold a lot of pillows. Uh, I wonder how many he's sold in the Trump resorts. I don't know. He sold a lot of pillows. But the deal is with me. Is John Merrill is a nice guy. He's going to invite you yes, in he is. and talk He's to you. He's going to be hospitable. But I mean, after this came out, he went, "No, no, no, none of this ever happened. It's impossible <laughs> to happen with Alabama's voting machines." But you know, the thing is, if you court crazy, yep, you know, it, it, it's going to rub off on yes, you at some point. And and we're courting crazy over here. Yeah, if you lay down with deranged dogs, you wake up with some derangement on you. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and some fleas as well. And if you lay down on the cow pasture, you're yeah. liable to wake up and dung. Anyway, 
I want to move over to, you know, one of our favorite subjects, and that is uh, Congressman Mo Brooks, who's running for the U.S. Senate to replace Richard Shelby. So recently there was a meet, meeting down in Enterprise of the Coffee County Republican women, and Mo Brooks was there, Linda Blanchard was there, Katie Britt was there, and someone asked about the Roy Moore, 2017 Roy Moore race, <clears throat> and Mo Brooks wanted to make that an issue whether Katie Britt had supported Roy Moore. And this became a talking point and a bone of contention at that meeting, Susan. It did. It, it got pretty hot there for a few minutes. And, uh, I mean, Mo Brooks went on and on about, you know, how he voted uh, for Roy Moore. And, you know, Katie had said, you know, I, I always vote Republican. And it really got into quite a bit of a fight that ended up... Uh, over the Trump endorsement and very end of it. Right, but I mean, you know, Katie pointed out that uh, uh, Mo had called Trump a serial, uh, a, a serial, what do you, what do you call that? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Pedophile? No. That... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Score one a serial adulterer. Ah, yeah. And a notorious flip-flopper. So we got a lot of flipping and flopping and but Mo wants to relitigate uh, Roy Moore's thing. Katie didn't live in the district at the time, yeah. and he's trying to make an issue out of it because Senator Richard Shelby said he wasn't going to vote for Moore. He was going to vote for a respectable or uh, Republican. Mm -hmm. I, I would have just said, "Look, I, I didn't, I, I didn't live here. I didn't vote. But if I had had a vote, I believe the women, and I wouldn't have voted for him because my values." Roy Moore lost, but not because of Katie Britt's vote, but because he was a terrible candidate. It's unimaginable to me <laughs> that there is going to be a race in which the winner of this race is probably going to be our U.S. Senator. And part of it, at least part of it, hinges on whether or not that person voted for Roy Moore. I mean, it just... What are, what are y'all doing in the Republican Party? Of course you didn't vote for Roy Moore. <coughs> Why would somebody vote for Roy Moore? You know? I mean, other than the R beside his name, he gave you absolutely no reason. Kind of like Mo Brooks. There's no reason to vote for those people. They will do nothing but embarrass you from this day forward. That's all they're ever going to do. What, you know, what are y'all doing? Well, the thing is, is you're appealing to the part, party's base. And the base likes Roy Moore. They like Jim Ziegler. They like, they like uh, 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 you know, Mo Brooks, because the, they don't care if you can govern. They care if you shout and own the libs. That's really all well, they the care. The thing about. with Mo Brooks is bringing up Roy Moore does him no good because that same 35 to 38 percent of the Republican Party that's going to vote for Roy Moore is going to vote for Mo Brooks already. Yeah. Well, I don't even know about that because Josh, that we, we looked at a poll that just came out and, and Mo Brooks is leading in the poll, but he's got 41%. You're yeah. not, you don't win with 41%. And that's soft, right? Yeah, it's a, you know, he, he's down in the 20s of people who would definitely vote for him. Um, right. And, and even in that poll, and there's like 40% of people undecided uh, yeah. on any way that they'll go. And so, you know, you, you basically got 60 to 65% of the vote still hanging out there for somebody to grab. And it, it's, um, it's, it's just, I don't, I mean, it's a, it's a strange party to me. I mean, it really is. I mean, the, the way that, the, that they have to placate to these people who are, are, 
it, for lack of a better term, insane in a lot of ways. It's just, it's just a, a weird way to have to govern. It really is. Well, I mean, Susan, uh, with those type of soft numbers, I think you see donors will be really concerned about mm -hmm. giving money mm -hmm. to Mo Brooks. Uh, Katie Britt is anywhere between 11 and 17 points in the polls, but she has not spent a dime on advertising, uh, you know, to the masses. They no. had one little short ad. She's gained all that just in going from county to county, shaking right. hands, right. meeting people, going to businesses, and just doing the groundwork. I mean, again, it, it's going to turn out be, it's going to, re it's going to require turnout. Katie's got to get out and vote. Linda Blanchard's got to get out her vote. Mo Brooks is cake is baked pretty much as to what he's going to get. Yeah. But you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinion. On Monday, state legislators will return to Montgomery for a special session on prison reform. And while they could easily pass a gaming and lottery bill at the same time, there's no plan to do so. We've waited long enough. Alabama has lost enough. It's time to let the people decide. Call your legislator today and tell them to pass a gaming and lottery bill in this special session. Because every day they fail to act, we all lose. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job. It's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things, and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now. Then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Later on, we'll get to the fact that we're having a special session coming uh, Monday. But one of the things that uh, we are hearing from the medical community, Josh, and I think this is important, is that if we're going to spend 40 million, $400 million in COVID money on prisons, wouldn't it make sense to spend at least $200 million of that money on health care? And, and, and because the health the care system is suffering and they need more money. Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, if we look back over the course of the last, you know, at least the last 15 to 20 years uh, in the state, we have lost a, a number of rural hospitals. We've lost doctors. We've lost nurses. Uh, if, you, if you chart us uh, on a per capita basis in this state uh, and, and compare us to other states, we're uh, in the bottom 10 uh, on doctors and, and, and medical staff per capita. And uh, so, you know, it, it is something that we, that's a serious problem in the state that we, we have, and COVID has enhanced that, that problem and, and really kind of shown us, you know, where we're really lacking in a lot of areas. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, 
first of all, they really want to spend $550 to $700 million of the COVID money on prisons if they had their way about it, if they can get the federal government to agree. And so, yeah, I think spending $200 to, you know, or $500 million on health care, especially rural health care, would be a fantastic way to use some of the COVID money and put it to the uses that it was actually intended for. I mean, Susan, Dr. Don Williamson, uh, former uh, health officer here in Alabama, one of the smartest guys around on the healthcare system says they need at least 200 million. They do. I mean, we're at 98, with COVID, we're at 98% capacity on ICU beds. We've got a, you know, a terrible nursing shortage. And this is not gonna be fixed by the way a wand. I mean, they're gonna have to have some money to try to keep Alabama healthy. My sources uh, tell me from the governor's office just doesn't wanna confuse the call uh, on prisons, but that there is help coming for the healthcare system. Uh, you brought up uh, in Alabama, the total deaths have increased. We, we now uh, lead the nation in deaths, deaths from COVID, Josh, per capita. I mean, being number one in deaths in the United States per capita is not something we would want to brag about. No, no, we have, uh, you know, uh, Scott Harris said uh, last week, state health officer, that, you know, we've, for the first time in our history, we've had more deaths than births in this state in, in 2020 yeah. uh, because of COVID. You know, we had a, an, an uptick, an unexpected uptick in deaths by about 7,000. We had 7,100 COVID deaths. And so, um, you know, I don't know what else needs, you know, we can say to people uh, here to, to make them understand that what we're doing in the short term for COVID has been you know, off the charts crazy. Uh, and what we have done long-term in terms of healthcare by not expanding Medicaid and doing a lot of other things uh, is also, thing. and listen, I'm gonna tell you this, I've got a, a big problem with, with some national Democrats right now that are pushing back on a prescription drug plan that would make prescriptions a lot cheaper for a lot of people uh, yeah. that we could absolutely do and make a, a huge difference for a lot of families out there. And, uh, you know, I, those sorts of things, are, are what help people every single day. When, when you see their paycheck, you see the money at the end of the month, those are the sort of things that really, really help people. You know, building some new prisons, we need to do it. Uh, and I, I'm not saying otherwise, but there are things that need, uh, other things that, that would help Alabamians a lot more. You know, Susan, and we're in the middle of this crisis and it's, it's not getting better. Uh, it continues to seemingly get worse. While we have fewer people in the hospital, it's because more people are dying. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's not how you want to succeed. But our politicians keep railing about mass mandates. Mm -hmm. I mean, Steve Marshall's wanting to sue about vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got all this yelling and screaming about totally normal health procedures, and, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and they still want to complain about things that keep us safe. Alabama is not the one to be giving advice in this situation. The national average is one in 500 die of COVID. Na yeah, that's a national average. In Alabama, one in 390. We are not in a position to be giving advice on COVID prevention. It's just not, it's just not true. Because we apparently don't know what the heck we're doing. No, and, and Josh, you know, when you look at those numbers, mm -hmm. and I think we've talked about this, when it's that one in 390, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, people go, well, I don't know anybody who's died from COVID. I don't remember anybody dying yeah, from COVID. Right. Well, if you don't know someone who's died from COVID at this point, 
Yeah. You don't know a whole lot of folks. Difference yeah, between yeah, yeah. living in a cave. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, that's, that's you don't have a lot, lot of friends. People. Yeah, you know, I saw I saw a number there uh, yesterday, that, and maybe it helps to, to to shrink it down to where people are, and and uh, um, because the, the number that I saw was forty six people have died in Calhoun County uh, this month. I mean, we're on like the the twenty fifth or twenty sixth here um, of the month, and and forty six people in that county have died. Now, imagine that there was any other cause. For those deaths, uh, suddenly out of the blue, uh, we had killed 46 people in that in one county. As a tainted water or or whatever, you know. Imagine the uproar and the outrage and the fear and the that would come from that. And the idea that we still have so many people just kind of dismissing this is it's crazy to me. It really is. Well, one of the first victims of any pandemic is uh, truth, mm-hmm. and and this one has been no exception. And with the speed of the internet, social media, uh, and especially politicians, who it's like right now in Alabama, we'd be much better off if we had politicians say, put on your mask. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't yeah. go to concerts unless you're vaccinated. If we yes. had them doing those types of things, then we would be in a better position. But there's a lack of courage, and especially a lack of courage because we're in a election year. and the lack well, of leadership here yeah they're, they're opportunistic that's what it is that you know it's, it's easy to tell people what they want to hear because people want to hear that everything's going to be fine you don't have to worry about it it's all okay you don't have to take these vaccines if you don't want to you don't have to wear those masks that that everything will be okay and they've capitalized on that and you're 100 percent right had they started from the beginning and just said follow what your doctors say i'm going to yeah. wear my mask i'm going to get the vaccine follow what your doctors say and this is something I strongly believe in. Those doctors that are spreading lies about yeah. vaccines and all that, they should have their medical license revoked. Agreed. They 100%. should be barred from practicing medicine in the state of Alabama. And, and it should happen and be permanent. But anyway, yeah, we're going to leave them put in jail. Or held down and vaccinated. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, we'll be right back with more news and opinions. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Uh, there's a poll out in the field this week. Uh, it, uh, we believe it to be uh, a, a Linda Blanchard poll. Linda Blanchard is running for U.S. Senate. But uh, it's the worst kept secret in Alabama is that she might switch and run for governor. And we talked to some people that have heard the poll, and we also reached out to Ms. Blanchard and, and said that we were going to talk about this on the show. And, you know, if there was anything that she could have chimed in on what she was doing. But 
We don't have any definitive answer that she's running for governor, but the poll, Susan, is all about the governor's race. Mm -hmm. uh, Linda Blanchard is polled in it, Tim James, and Governor Kay Ivey. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's, it's interesting that this is out there. It is, and the interesting thing is, well, we can tell it's a Linda Blanchard poll because all of the polling data or questions for her are very positive. However, the polling uh, questions for Kay Ivey and Tim James are very negative. Uh, that's interesting itself. It's also interesting that she would start going negative on other candidates before ever announcing. I mean, it's questions like, uh, would you feel comfortable with Kay Ivey uh, regarding families because knowing that she didn't have any children. I mean, it's some pretty hard stuff. Yeah. I mean, another one, Josh asked, uh, or would you be, it's a push poll. So it's really looking for yeah. the right answers that they sure. want to hear. Would you, would you uh, be less favorable, more favorable if you knew that Governor Ivy met with former President Trump and he didn't endorse her? Well, she's never asked for his endorsement. So, yeah. I mean, it's that kind of thing that, that kind of, it skews the poll. Right. And it's, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not even any help to Linda Blanchard. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, I guess you get it. You get some headlines of uh, you know if you, if she then ultimately decides, which I, I think we all kind of agree that she probably will because she's polling at about what one percent in the, in all the Senate polls, uh, which is basically you know Linda Blanchard answered. Yeah, I'd vote for Linda Blanchard. Uh, but I mean, it's um, you know, and I and I like her fine. She's you know she's a nice lady. Um, yeah, and, she is. And, I do too. You know, I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard her answer a policy question with any sort of answer that gave me any indication that she would be good at the job of either senator or governor. But you know, that's me, and I, I don't know that I would. I'm necessarily inclined to like her from the beginning, but po politically speaking, right, anyway. Right. Uh, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess you get a few headlines if you jump in, and, you, and here's a poll that says, "Oh, look, she scores very favorable." Uh, you know, compared to uh, Kay Ivey and Tim James, and uh, you know, she can maybe get some traction out of that. I, you know, it's, there, there's nobody uh, serious to the right of, of Kay Ivey at this point. Uh, and, and Kay Ivey is trying desperately through all of her press releases to, to move a little farther right in the last few weeks. And so, you know, maybe there's some room there. I don't know. I don't know. You get much further to the right of Kay Ivey, you're going to fall off the flat earth. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they also uh, polled Tim James and they brought up the fact that he had they said ran for governor unsuccessfully mm -hmm. and then brought up his dad, Bob, and brought up toll roads and all that nonsense. But anyway, right. uh, here's the deal, in my mind. Kay Ivey ran against uh, Tommy Battle, Scott Dawson, Bill Hightower, and just murdered them in a Republican primary. I mean, just yeah. murdered them. These are better candidates. These are, you know, I mean, Tommy Battle is a, is, was a very good candidate. Bill Hightower, smart, smart mm -hmm. guy. Scott Dawson, as likable as any guy you're ever going to meet. And she just, she, it, was, it was murder. And uh, yeah. when she faced Walt Maddox, who's one of the most charismatic politicians around, I mean, he ran as a Democrat, she, she still beat him handily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I can I can kind of dismiss uh, uh, Walt's loss a little bit because of the, oh, yeah. you know the straight the straight party voting thing that, sure, that got him. Because listen, no, nobody worked harder than, than Walt did. I think Walt had a, had a really good message that resonated with a lot of people, but they couldn't get over the Democrat versus Republican thing. Right, and that's right, where we kind of right. are in, at this point in right. the state. And but you're right about the other. Uh, Bill Hightower is a very good candidate. If 
if you like that sort of thing. Um, and, 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 you know, some of the others, uh, Tommy Battle was a very good candidate at that point. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know that Linda Blanchard could ever get, you know, it, but my other thing is on this is I'm, I'm torn on whether or not a good candidate is what people want. I mean, we just talked about, uh, you know, in the first segment about them arguing in the Senate race about a Roy Moore vote. So right. that wouldn't right. indicate to me that a good candidate is what the base is looking for. You know, they're looking for maybe crazy. I don't know what exactly they're looking for, but it's, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I have, I've given up trying to figure out Republicans and Republican voting. And that's the problem in the primary. And I think this is where, uh, you know, you, you have these problems where you don't get a lot of the suburban women that mm-hmm. come out, you know, yeah. the, the, they're not coming out in the primary, so they have to appeal directly to the kind of more hardcore base that gets their news from Newsmax and QAnon news mm-hmm. and those types of things. I, I think yeah. that should be a news channel. I think you should yeah. have QAnon news. Well, it basically is. It's OAN. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, and I don't know how you drive those people Especially if you're you're Democrats, you know, I think that the, that you, you have a big base of, of people there. Those, those suburban women voters, I, you know, I don't know how you drive that wedge in there that makes them see that there's a better option out there. Yeah, well, I think even I think in a race like the Senate race, Katie Grit, once she gets up and sure. and, and gets her name idea, mm-hmm. that's going to be the choice of suburban women. I, I'm quite certain of that. We got about a minute. I do want to hit on this Monday. Uh, they, we start a five-day sprint towards getting the prison bill passed. They're, they're going to meet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they hope to have it done by then. I, I, I think Governor Ivey is correct in that we need prisons. Josh, we're here that prison reform uh, will have to be a part of it, and that it is being negotiated now. Uh, but this is going to be a hard sprint to get it done in five days. Yeah, five days and $2 billion, so you watch your wallets. Um, yeah. uh, it's, um, I mean, hey, you're right. Uh, prison reform is going to have to be a part of this, and, and I would say minority contractors are going to be a big, uh, going to come into play a lot into this as well uh, as to whether or not a deal can get done because they're going to need the Democrats to get on board with some of this. Well, Susan, as I used to write about covering the State House when they were in session, you need to hide your wallet, your women, and your liquor. <laughs> I tell you what, they need to have a blood, you know, a blood drive truck down there full of blood because it's going to be all over those chamber floors. This is going to be one heck of a fight. All right. We're going to leave it right there. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them. <laughs>